0: Good to go, man. All right, let's let's do this. Hold on one second. Oh, it's delicious. Okay. All right. You know, it's I said it's like the end of the year three, and I still feel like a dork when I have to do this introduction. But here we go anyway. Okay. (laughs) Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. Uh, This episode is actually the season finale of Volume Three, and I'm so excited to have the my guest on today. I knew him back in the day as just Alex Cashman, but now he goes by Dr. Alex Cashman. How you doing today, man?
1: Good, man. Good. How's it going,
0: John? It's all right, man. It's all right. You know, uh, it's a good day. It's a good day uh, for many reasons. Good. But yeah, man, it's been a while. I think, gosh, I can't remember the last time we actually saw each other in person, as bad as that sounds. <laughs>
1: Jeez. I feel like I might have run into you maybe a couple times out in college or something, but the last oh, time really spent any kind of like lengthy period of time together was probably in
0: high school man yeah man it's been a minute but we but we but that's the thing about our day and age man like i we still keep in touch online like like yeah like we're we're facebook friends we're on we follow each other on instagram we follow each other on twitter so like we we keep in touch but we haven't really hung out in forever man
1: right yeah man that's um that's communication 20 2019
0: 2018 there you go but yeah i have you on because you know i'm very interested to hear about what's been going on with you these past like 10 years (laughs) golly last Last third of my life (laughs) yeah for real uh (laughs) and we're gonna talk about a bunch of different things uh the saints even though they've been talked to death but we're gonna talk about them now because i haven't talked about them yet Uh, we're gonna talk about some of your experience as a doctor, you know, and your music and all that stuff, and, you know, we're just gonna have a good time, and I really hope everybody enjoys this conversation, cause it's gonna be, we're gonna go dark for like two months. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, well, good. Yeah, we're going to make it exciting
0: for him. All right, man, sure. but speaking of, like, we, we we recently had our high school grad uh, reunion, our high school reunion yeah. uh, at the end of December. I, I went to one of them. Did you go to either one of them? I didn't see you at the one I went to.
1: No, I, I didn't go to either one of them. I didn't go to either one of them.
0: Was that, like, a personal choice, or you just ha- you couldn't make it?
1: I don't even remember when they were, honestly. Like, I saw the, the announcement on Facebook or whatever, but I yeah. just didn't, I didn't follow up on
0: any of the shit. I don't blame you. I, I honestly... If I wasn't in town, and the one that I went to was in New Orleans, it was at Red Eye. If I wasn't in town, I would not have gone. And the other one, I mean, no disrespect to the people who organized it, props to you, man. Like, you did something nobody else wanted to do. But, like, uh, the second one, which was like the official, official one, kind of, uh, was at Rock and Bowl, I think. And uh, I didn't go to that one because I just did not want to go to that one. And they were charging money. So I was like, I'm all right. I don't need to do that. But yeah, I had a blast, they man. Did at
1: the, they did one at the Shamrock,
0: huh? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the one I went to was at Red Eye. And the other one oh. I thought was at Rock and Bowl. I could be wrong. Maybe it was at Shamrock. Who the hell knows? But it was a good <laughs> time. It, you were missed, man. It was It was very weird. Uh, seeing people you haven't seen in, like, 10 years? like Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm kind of bummed I missed out on that opportunity, honestly. Well,
0: (laughs) I can only tell you my experience. It was a lot of, hey, man, how you been? Oh, I'm good. Where are you at now? Oh, I live here now. Where do you live? Oh, I live here now. Oh, that's great. What do you do? What do you do? And it's like... Okay, well, that's cool, man. Thanks for catching up real quick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just, like, asking the same questions back and forth to each other for five minutes
0: at a time. Yeah, dude, it was, I mean, it was cool. I saw some people I hadn't seen in a a good while. It's, like, some cool people. And it was very interesting to see where their lives ended up. But mostly, you know, again, we were talking about online. Like, the people from that chapter in my life that I want to hang out with or want to talk to, I talk to. So I don't need to go to a reunion for that, man. Right, right. Yeah, it's kind
1: of more or less just the same
0: but yeah, uh, so let's talk about something that's a little bit of a harsher buzz: the Saints. Now, uh, it's been a few weeks. Um, it's been talked to death. Lord, Lord knows. Uh, Alex, I was in, uh, I was in New Orleans recently on a business trip and yeah. <laughs> a family trip. But like any time I was uh, listening to the radio, like my folks, whenever they would drive, they, my my stepdad listens to you know sports radio or you know eight hundred and seventy or whatever, right? And God damn, they were asking the same – like, I was like, okay, guys, we we don't have to move past this yet, but we got to stop talking about it. Like, this is not – like, we cannot just keep having the same conversations about that game over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, I feel that, but man, I'm – I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things that needs to be talked about to a certain extent. Yeah. So there would be any kind of meaningful change For, as a result of it.
0: For anyone um, not aware, we're talking about the NFC Championship game, um, what has been dubbed the no-call, or I prefer to call it the robbery. Uh, unfortunately, the New Orleans Saints were screwed royally by the NFL uh, referees, blind as bats, apparently, who the hell knows. But it's very I'm very glad to have you on because, if I recall correctly, you go to the games regularly, and you were at this game, man.
1: Yeah, I was at the NFC Championship game. I was there, I witnessed that.
0: So, what That's was awesome. the, for all of us watching at home, what was the atmosphere like during the game and then, like, after the um, game, man?
1: Dude, I, so I've been going to Saints games since I was a little kid. I was at the um, the game that sent the Saints to the Super Bowl in 2009. Dope. And, you know, I'm pretty much all the playoff games that the Saints have had, and that was by far the loudest and most energetic I've seen that stadium ever. Nice. Like bar none so loud everybody like getting up and screaming on top of their lungs like even at the, the start of the play clock you yeah. know um but you know very deflating moment there at the end and uh the environment very quickly shifted to initially like just shock yeah and silence at first like what you know like did that really just happen and then very quickly into anger and something i haven't really heard um said on media or like tv or radio or anything like that was that right after that call the announcer at the game was like please nobody throw anything onto the field please don't throw anything
0: (laughs) dude that's the thing like i I normally watch the games alone in my apartment because i do live in austin and like like I, I just I prefer to watch the games by myself because they make me very emotional more emotional than they probably should so I prefer seclusion because I don't want anyone to be like this man is crazy so but that weekend <laughs> yeah. I had a good friend in town uh, friend a friend of the show Ben Casson he was he was in town visiting and we watched the game together and he can testify to this man I wasn't even that angry at first I was more stupefied like I was like did yeah like your brain like my brain crashed I was like did that, did that just happen? Like, is that a thing that just I saw, like, happen in real life?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it, looking at it from where I was, I was on the opposite side of the field, but, mm-hmm. like, almost directly across from it, maybe, you know, a little bit to our left. Okay. And I was like, oh, damn, missed that pass. Like, I, it didn't even register in my mind that it was pass interference at first. Yeah. And then I looked up at the screen, and I was like, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know It it was was nuts uh, Gross So so that Those guys miss that
0: Yeah so let me ask you Did you watch the Super Bowl? No Yeah me neither I I caught Okay I caught a little bit of it Because my family were watching it And I was in my room Literally watching Office reruns Yeah And they we, We ordered some We got some food And that's literally the only time I watched it When I came out to get food Because I was like Fuck that game So Yeah yeah. Like, I, I
1: kept track of the score on my phone, but I didn't have it on at any point. Ever.
0: I didn't even keep track of it, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I didn't, yeah. because apparently that game was fucking awful. Like, it was, yeah. for anyone not aware, I mean, I don't know who would not be aware of the Super Bowl, but alright, yes, there are people who don't watch the Super Bowl, even when it's a good game. Yeah. It right. was a 13-3 to win by the Patriots, and it was 3 to nothing going into the half. Ladies and gentlemen who are not aware of football, like, what that means. That is a terrible fucking game. That is an awful game. Score. That is – that's a fucking – that's a fucking soccer score right there, dude. It's uh, like – it's yeah. – it's, it's it was yeah, so bad. Was. I'm so glad I didn't watch it.
1: Yeah, not, not good. They didn't play up. I mean, you know, I, I have to wonder, like, to what extent did that play and its, like, emotional effects carry problems those Rams players.
0: Yeah, uh – we, uh, yeah, dude. It's it's. I think we'll go this this postseason, especially the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, will be talked about for like oh, years seven. to come. Just the speculation if the Saints had been in, what would have been different? Like,
1: yeah, and definitely like top three worst blown calls ever.
0: Probably NFL,
1: maybe in sports.
0: I mean, the NFL is celebrating its hundredth season. I think next season. I would say, I mean, I'm not a historian of the NFL, but I definitely think it goes down as like one of the significant moments in NFL history. Like that was. was But anyway, so but as a as a uh, as a lifelong fan and as a uh, frequent uh, as a person who goes to the games every weekend, or what what would you how would you say the season was for you? And what do you think we need to work on next season?
1: I enjoyed it so much you know it was like the most exciting team that I've ever gotten to see you know line up for the Saints between guys like Kamara and Ingram doing anything in the backfield Michael Thomas the attitude those three guys in particular brought to the team was really different than anything you have seen other than the Saints I I loved it personally I thought it was a great season you know and of course it didn't end the way anybody wanted it to but you know, had a hell of a ride along the way. Now, as far as things to improve on, you know, I think really keeping the core guys back in the lineup, I really want to see yeah. Mark Ingram come back to yeah. the um, You know, Thomas and Kamara are going to be back. Drew's going to be back. One upgrade on offense I'd really like to see is maybe that number two, number three receiver and yeah. that tight end, I think, needs to. Uh, we, we need to get some guys over there.
0: Yeah, um, I, I don't want to. I hate to keep harping on it, but like, I feel bad mostly for Ben Watson because like it would have been such a storybook ending for him to retire with a Super Bowl ring. Super
1: Bowl. Yeah, yeah, would have been something. But damn, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the other big thing that happened in New Orleans sports was – and I know you're not as – you don't keep up with basketball, but I did want to speak on it a little bit uh, – was Anthony Davis trying to leave. And, like, the the trading deadline passed this week, and uh, AD is still with the Pelicans, but he's been kind of strong-arming the organization to get out of New Orleans, and he wants to go play in L.A. with LeBron.
1: Yeah, it does seem like that. Like, even as an outsider, it does feel like Anthony Davis is, like, strong-arming the situation, and I guess, you know, he really does have all the leverage.
0: Yeah, well – he has all the the social leverage and the, you know, public leverage, but again, it's right. the Pelicans and it, it's the Pelicans prerogative to send them wherever they think they can get the best deal and it'll be right. very interesting how it continues, but like it was back to what I was saying on the sports radio, if they weren't talking about the Saints, they were talking about AD and it was just like man, everybody feels a certain way about this situation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is it is it at all a possibility that AD just like doesn't get traded and ends up a free agent at the end of the season like no
0: well he would be a free agent in not this summer but the next if he stayed with the oh, pelicans next. so he's okay. yeah he he signed uh, a long-term deal with us with the pelicans i'm a bulls fan not a, there's no us uh right, right, right. but uh he signed a long-term deal and he wants to get out of there now and uh he would be a free free agent next the summer of 2020. Um doing a poor so job explaining have, this, but yeah.
1: So he would have one more season after this
0: season. Yeah, but you you got to be careful because he's already said he's not going to sign a long-term extension. So what the Pelicans are trying to avoid is normally this all goes down the last year of a contract. Uh but uh it's become a new thing where uh because of the the CBA and the collective bargain, the collective bargaining agreement and le- the way uh, salaries are structured and max deals and all this stuff, I, which I won't bore you with or the audience with, but if he gets out now, I think he gets more money if he goes – like the Pelicans can pay him the most money, but he doesn't want to play in New Orleans anymore. He wants to go live – he wants to go play in LA with LeBron, which is – I mean, fuck it, right? That sounds pretty awesome to yeah, me. Yeah, but, uh, but he wants to get it done now because – I think if he gets traded, there's something going on. If he gets traded during his contract year, his last year's contract, it's it's it gets weird or some shit like that. Uh but then again, it's sad but also not surprising. Like everyone's like, "How could AD yeah. want this?" But as I follow the Pelicans and my parents are ticket holders, uh this was this was in the works for like a year, or two years. Like we all knew AD was leaving. So it's not that big of a deal that he's like like I don't, I think more people like outside of New Orleans are surprised by this than anybody in the city. So, yeah,
1: yeah, mm. basketball never really got the traction I think a lot of people hoped it would in New Orleans.
0: Well, it's a it's a very popular city, but it is relatively speaking compared to like the major markets. Like, I mean, I know there's an OKC and there's a San Antonio and all these cities, but like they uh, win though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's that's a whole other thing because I could. Do a podcast just on Dell Demps and how stupid he is, and just how poorly managed the situation's been. But I don't think New Orleans was ever gonna be able to support two teams, like two pro teams. Like that's not a. It's just we're so dedicated to the Saints that it's like the Pelicans were always gonna play second fiddle, and yeah. it's yeah. it's it was it was a ga- It was an uphill battle to get to make NBA the NBA stick in there. I mean, there's a reason why the the jazz left. It's like it's right, it's right. it's not a basketball town, which is a shame because I mean I wish it was because I love basketball. I probably love the sport of basketball more than I love the sport of football. But I'm just a bigger yeah. Saints fan, so yeah, me too. It's a mess. But well, I was all I was gonna say was that it's unfortunate what's going on with this AD situation, but also it's like guys. I mean, what do you want him? to do like I'm like everyone's right. like everyone thinks he's taking a hit publicly that like he's strong arming it right and there's like fuck AD and it's like well I mean I, 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 I'm always pro player like I'm all like, okay not always but I'm usually pro player so I don't sure. care like if a player tries to force their way because the owners and GMs it's a business for them why can't it be a business for the owners that's or the business for the players that's my oh, whole point yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah it absolutely is business for the players too
0: Yeah, no doubt. So, anyway, let's move on to this. We're both from New Orleans, and we have Mardi Gras coming up, man. Are you going to partake this year or not?
1: I am. I actually took um, uh, most of my vacation days for the year uh, for uh, Mardi Gras this year. So I'm going to be coming in town um, the Thursday, Friday
0: before Mardi Gras, and sticking around until the weekend after Mardi Gras. That's pretty awesome, man. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you live in Baton Rouge, so, but I guess with your work, you don't get to... Hang out there much unless it's like a day or two or what? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I usually get to come in on the weekends if I if I really want to. You know, it's only like an hour away. Yeah. From, um, uh, from where I live, so it's not too bad of a drive if I want to come in and see family or you know go catch a show or you know just go out, and hang out on one with my friends or whatever. Um. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll catch. I'll hop in on the weekends sometimes. Um, yeah. I'm pretty lucky to where my schedule's been a lot more lax than most other. Uh, Interns. Yeah. So
0: So, let me ask you this, man. As a native of New Orleans and you know still a resident of the region, um, while I was while I was in town for business, uh, I had a lot of people. Well, I had people from work who were you know like it was a treat that I was like in my home city. But like we had people from all over the country in town for this meeting that we were doing with my gig and it's very interesting to me and I'd love to hear what you think about it when you like people not from New Orleans come to visit New Orleans and they like what their impression of the city is like it's just there's always like there's always like a few things for me like uh, like I can't can't stand Bourbon Street I hate Bourbon Street so much with a fiery passion and people think that it's like that's where the party's at and it's like no there's so many uh, like okay here's another good thing while I was there people asked me hey John where's a good restaurant or hey John where's a good jazz club I was like Throw a rock and you'll hit a good restaurant or jazz club, man. You live in, like, one of the best cities for that. And I understand what they were trying to get me, like, point me in a direction. And I, I did my best. But it's always funny how, like, they think that it's this uh, – it's just this party all the time. And it's like, no, it's a its a city, man. It, it is a city. And the other thing is, like – Every time I tell somebody I'm from New Orleans, either the third or fourth question is, so Katrina, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. and they all think we were huddled up in the Superdome and they all thought my house had flooded. And I'm like, well, no, some of us on the West Bank, we got spared mostly, but there were parts of the city that were fucked. But so what, what do you when you when someone's visiting or someone you tell someone, you know, you're from New Orleans, what do you what's the impression you get from them?
1: The impression i get from
0: people who come to new orleans yeah or or people if you were traveling somewhere and you're like oh i'm alex i'm from new orleans what do they do they ask you anything or do they say anything about it yeah i
1: mean um sometimes so I, I in my program there's some people from out of state and they kind of have this misconception of new orleans as a big party town um well it is a big party town don't yeah. mistake that but like you were saying it, it's a city it's got other parts to it that are not just rage and bourbon street yeah and, and, drinking and, and parades and mardi gras beats and yeah for real the time or whatever you know so um yeah i did asked about to a lot too um a lot of people have questions about that and I mean it's hard to talk about New Orleans without talking about Katrina I mean that was only 15 years ago and it was such a huge yeah. event for New Orleans but um, yeah a lot of people ask me like oh what's what's a good festival to go to or like if, if I want to go to Marty or Owen should I go you know it, and it's understandable that people from outside places want to know about those like big name things yeah and maybe for their first time, they would do that. And, like, you yeah, know, I have people ask me sometimes, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I want to go to New Orleans for the first time. Should I go to Bourbon Street? And it's, like, probably not, but I'm definitely not going to be able to stop you from going to Bourbon Street.
0: Yeah. Um, while, while I was in town, they did drag me to, for the record, they did drag me to Bourbon Street, and I was very yeah. not happy about it. But they wanted to go to Cat's Meow and sing karaoke, and I was like, all right, fine. Well, we'll uh, in my, the hotel I was staying at was off a canal, and it was, like, right... It's like a block or two away from where we were at, so I was like, "Okay, well, if I want to leave, I can just walk on, walk to the hotel." But yeah, I hate that street. I hate that street so much.
1: Yeah, I ended up. I usually end up going once or twice a year, and yeah. it's not always the worst experience, but it's definitely not anywhere close to being near what I want to be doing in New Orleans. <laughs> when I'm
0: there. Uh, yeah, man, it's just funny to me, man. It's always, and the other thing is, like, I don't think. I can only speak for myself, but I would—I assume the situation is the same for you. But everyone—everyone always assumes that they're like, "Oh, you're from New Orleans." I'm like, "Yeah." They go, "Well, you don't sound like you're from New Orleans. You don't have the accent." I was like, "Well, I mean, I—I—I—I I, I, yeah. I, I, I kind of i, I don't know—I don't know what to say to that. Like, I'm like, i i, I don't know. This is just how I talk. I don't. Uh, although it does come out a little bit of a West Bank accident comes out when I'm when I'm back home. It's little things though, but it's not like yeah. a lot of things. It's the same for me. Like there, there's
1: certain little enunciations that I'll make that are that are definitely like either Southern or kind of New Orleans. But for the most part, I just kind of talk
0: <laughs> <laughs> the way you talk. Like it's like it's like oh yeah. There's a there's a, there's a bunch of different people in New Orleans, man. Not everybody is what you see on yeah. those like TV shows where everybody's like,
2: exactly. Oh
0: man, I I worked. I used to have a boss uh he was like a he was a he was a big he was a big deal in the company and he was like john my favorite cajun i'm like what he goes new orleans cajun i'm like i'm not even the yep. least bit cajun at all
1: <laughs> yeah that just speaks to that like kind of diversity in new orleans you know there's it's, so many different kinds of people and kinds of uh accents
0: yeah dude it's 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 a city man it's a place it's not an amusement park it's it is like an actual living breathing city that's all the only thing that's what I try and get across these people who are like Mm -hmm. uh, where are the the floats where are the parades I'm like dude that's like one to two weeks out of the year like there's like 50 other weeks in the year guys come on now Mm. but anyway that's my little soapbox thing today (laughs) yeah yeah there you go so, yeah, the, one of the big things I wanted to talk about with you was, uh, you are a doctor now, man. I am. I am a medical resident. Does that trip you out when you get called Dr. Cashman now, or you've gotten used to it? Yeah, it
1: still feels kind of weird sometimes, but, uh, I definitely have to introduce myself as that to, uh, patients and stuff, yeah. but, uh, the luster may be wearing off a little bit, it's starting to become a little more normal than, uh, than it was when I first started, that's for yeah. sure, but, uh. Still kind of weird.
0: So yeah. you went to remind me what what's uh, undergrad? Where'd you get your undergrad at?
1: So I got my undergrad degree at a very small school in Jackson, Mississippi called Millsaps College.
0: Millsaps, that's what was it? Yeah, I, Yes, I remember. Yeah, so I went
1: there with like Zach Cunningham. Yeah, I remember. I remember I there. there. Joe Hunter was there for for a while.
0: Nice. Uh, so, but yeah. uh, let me ask you: Did you get your degree in like? Wh- what did you get your undergrad in?
1: So my undergraduate degree was actually in uh, English with like a concentration in creative writing.
0: Oh, nice! Oh, I did yeah. not know that, Cashman. Uh, well, I, the only reason I asked that is because I actually uh, this is not even an attempt at bragging or propping myself at all, but I actually got my undergrad in psychology as well, or a psychology. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, and I I loved it, but like. The, the point I'm getting to is, uh, or the question I'm getting to is, the fact that like I wanted to be a therapist, I wanted to be a counselor, I wanted to do all this and that. But after the four years of undergrad, they yeah. were like, "Well, you got to probably do like four to five or six years of like postgraduate work." And I was like, "Oh no!" But you yeah. as a but you as a psychiatrist, right? Or what what made yes. you? What was the compelling uh, call or whatever to get you to go down this path? If that that's a very inarticulate way of asking that question, but I hope you get my Point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always kind of had this, you know, like I was saying, I, I got a, uh, I studied creative writing in mm-hmm. undergrad, and I had this side of me that was really like creative and artistic, and I liked engaging in that kind of stuff, and I, I still do, and that's an important part of like who I am. But I also had this part of me that wanted to have a tangible effect. On people I wanted to help in some kind of tangible physical way yeah
2: and I felt that medicine was a really good um, you know it that
1: it was a way to do that it was a very tangible thing it was a way to you know you have a problem you give them medicine you fix it I ended up in a field where that's not exactly the case all the time psychiatry is a lot more complicated than you have an infection I give you an antibiotic and we fix it
2: yeah
1: um, but that's that's how I ended up Going in this path, I wanted to satisfy that part of uh, myself, I guess.
0: So, since you're you know a therapist uh, or a psychiatrist, uh, I really right. hope this doesn't qualify as a session. I really was not expecting yeah. to pay for this, so just a heads up, no, no, no. Uh, pro bono, yeah, right? You get this
2: one for free. First one's for
0: free. For a little you. taste, a little bit of a taste. Just a little bit, just a touch. So you, so you graduated med school and you're you're working as an intern, as you said. What were some? I mean, just for the audience, like it's not, it's very from my understanding it's very difficult to get into med school and it's very hard to finish med school and all of that um, what's some surprising or not surprising aspects of that whole journey for you um,
1: man most surprising thing was
2: even so you, you hear a lot about like the volume of work in medical school yeah
1: um, but that still surprised me even though I knew that was coming like the amount that you're expected to do and things like that but yeah. also the way I learned medicine was very different than kind of what I expected. I kind of expected a lot of, well, at least in the first two years anyway. Mm-hmm. So I expected a lot of hands-on, like, with-patient kind mm-hmm. of training in the first two years, and that's not what medical school like at all in those first two years. It's a lot of book studying. And um, so I went to a school where attendance was not mandatory.
2: Oh, fuck. <laughs> for medical school classes, and so I did not
1: go to medical school class for the vast majority of my time in the first two years. Um, I was like studying for the tests all the time, and I did fine, you know, I had no problems. Um, I got by um, with these resources, like stuff online and textbooks, and I learned the shit I needed to learn to get through it. But um, it was not what I expected in that way, I Mm. guess. The medical education.
0: Yeah. So, would you? Okay. What's something that wasn't surprising? Like, what? What was they? Or was it all just like, okay, yeah, I expected all this, and uh, but except for that one aspect.
1: Mm, thing that was not surprising. Things that I expected. I, you know, I expected to be tough. I expected there to be very, very long nights and, and things like that. And it you know, that certainly ended up being the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially in medical school. Um, Might have been worse than. My intern year so far, my intern <laughs> year has been kind of cush, especially compared to other uh, to other people doing their internship.
0: Yeah, you. uh I mean, I, I would hope there's some camaraderie there, y'all. I, are you working as a group as an intern? Or I, I have no idea how this process works, so I'm I'm sounding very yeah. stupid right now. But like, so, so w- yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's very different from specialty to specialty, and even within specialties from program to program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So my program has seven interns. And they divide the year into two halves Mm -hmm. one is called on-service which is when you're doing psychiatry and that's six months of the year Mm -hmm. and then there's the other half of the year that's called off-service where you're doing um, you know rotations you're required to do that are not psychiatry but Mm -hmm. that are a mandatory part of your training like internal medicine and neurology and you know pediatrics or emergency medicine if you want to do that Mm -hmm. Um, so when you're on service doing psychiatry stuff, you uh, usually work closely with
2: another intern who's on the same unit as you. You mm-hmm. carry different patients, but you're working in the same place, more or less. Yep.
1: Um. Yeah. So that's that's the time when you spend uh, when you collaborate with uh,
0: with other interns. And if I may ask, uh, on the off service. Portions like when you dabble in other fields and stuff like that. Yeah. What what other what what has been the other field that has been the most interesting for you?
1: So I actually just started my off-service months in January, okay. so I'm kind of still getting my feet in. But I've been doing neurology for the past two months, okay, or like month and a half, I guess. And that's actually been kind of fun. It was it was tough at first because your exposure, or at least my exposure, to neurology in medical school was not like a whole lot. Yeah. So. The learning curve was kind of steep at first, and that took a lot of um, uh, adjusting to. But once I kind of got my feet under me, it, it's ended up being interesting and cool lately. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And uh, what do you, if you, I know you haven't gotten much into it, but uh, anything you're dreading, like any particular field that you're like, ooh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be having fun during that uh, second. Yeah, so um, inpatient internal medicine
1: is always the one that's kind of like notorious for being the worst uh, <laughs> rotation during our off-service months. And, uh, you know, so that's what internal medicine residents do almost every other month or so, I think, in yeah. their schedules. So, you know, those guys are really busting their ass. But So, yeah, we have to do that for one month, and that's a, a schedule where I believe in our institution it's Q4 call, meaning you're on call every fourth day. And every fourth day you have a 28 28- to 30 hour shift I believe I think it's twenty.
0: Holy fuck Oh my yeah. god dude You signed up for this God damn
1: Yeah <sighs> I did But thankfully for me It's only one month Of my training Compared to these uh, These other internal Medicine residents who do um,
0: it every other month That sounds That sounds like <laughs> hell man I, I I have to say <laughs> I am, I admire Your uh, Your fortitude And your you know Commitment to this Because Man I, It's not for everybody I don't need to tell you that But it's It's so crazy yeah. It's so crazy yeah
1: yeah th- thanks I appreciate that but you know one of the things about uh, about that amount of work is that really it's it's not good for anybody um, you know I, I at least partly went into the field that I went into because I knew it didn't have the kind of work stress that these other fields do and you know doctors getting car accidents coming home from these crazy shifts doctors have mental health issues at rates that you know compare differently to, to other people in the country it's not, it's not good for it's not good for people, and doctors aren't these like uh, you know magical unicorns who can work for twenty eight hours without sleep and be perfectly functioning people. They're uh, you know, they're and just they have people.
0: to save lives while they're doing it. Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like so. Uh, I. I, I, I I might be saying this incorrectly as to how they phrased it in this particular study or article. Okay. So the level of impairment that a person experiences after working for 24 hours with only like minimal sleep is comparable to, you know, having some beverages in your system. Oh, wow. And it's like, are you comfortable with your doctor showing up to work three beers deep? Well, then you probably shouldn't be comfortable with your doctor, you know, (laughs) I've uh, been worked for twenty eight hours and checking you out, so when you're very really sick
0: from from your uh very early experiences in the medical field, do you have any uh commentary about it or is there anything you would like to shed some light on in that or anything you think oh well this is this is kind of messed up, and I hope it gets resolved you know eventually anything like that
1: man so um i so I work in inpatient psychiatric units a lot during yeah. my on service months um, and you know, we, we get obviously a lot of people who are really, really sick and homeless and don't have resources available for them to, uh, to rely on, or they're so sick that they can't get access to service, yeah. but you know, you can only help them so much. And, you know, sometimes the plans and what we would call disposition where you want to send a person is not, you know, always where you want them to go. It's not always the best situation. Yeah. Um, you do the best you can, and, you know, that's that's all you can do.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a p- part of my take. I know we're both fans of the show. You had any Scrubs moments yet, or what? <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Uh, oh, gosh, there's so much crazy shit that happens on an inpatient psychiatric unit. And, obviously, I can only say, I can't say uh, certain things, or else I violate uh, confidentiality uh, Yeah, I feel you. I feel on, you. On people, but, um, you know... <laughs> not anywhere where I've busted. Actually, you know what? I probably have busted out a song on the unit before. It may have happened. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe we'll get a little dance routine going yeah. sometime. I can
0: work on that. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds very interesting, man. Again, I can't tell you. How, I, I'm not like. I'm not gonna dominate you for the Nobel Prize, but like, it's really cool <laughs> that you're doing this, man. Like, cause you got like a, a schmuck like me who's just like working a desk job. And, you know, not helping society at all, just like crunching numbers and like working in spreadsheets. So it's really cool that like there are people like you out there who are like, I'm willing to commit to this and help people like tangibly. And I'm just like, good luck with that, man. I'm I'm rooting for you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, thanks, man. Thanks, I appreciate that, and uh you know I appreciate the kind of work you, you do and, and other guys do as well. It's important for us oh,
0: too. No, man, I <laughs> I am but a lowly cog in a gigantic machine, man. That's all I am. But yeah, hey, man. Me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, so, do you have a larger commentary or anything you want to say about like healthcare in America or like mental health in America? Anything you want to say? Oh, Man, um, we're getting deep yeah. on here. We're getting deep on here.
1: Yeah, this is, this is way deep. We're <laughs> we're gonna go deep. And let's do it then. Yeah, um, for real. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think mental health is probably underaddressed in this country in particular. Yeah. Um, but I think you do see um, people changing. Uh, you know starting to recognize it more than they did in the past at mm-hmm. least um, I think that's nothing but good in America and, and you know it, as soon as we can break the stigma of mental health that you know people with mental health are different from other people in that you know they're not as capable and they're not as you know quote unquote good as other people will we'll be better off um, you know, I think we could do a lot more for the mentally ill in this country
2: mm-hmm. Um
1: you no, know, in Louisiana in particular, there's no um, long-term, you know, uh, inpatient psychiatric facilities. So there's a lot of um, revolving door, so to speak, patients coming mm. out of the hospital frequently because they don't have anywhere to go or nobody to take care of them. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, there's there's no reason for that in, in this country, in my opinion.
0: So yeah, it's uh, it, it is tragic and I I I have never been formally diagnosed with anything but I I I think I, I believe that I have some form of social anxiety but fuck that could just be me being weird. Uh but yeah man, it's 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 very weird. Like I today just for the record, like I didn't want to didn't really want to make like this the theme of the pod but like today's like my 1 year anniversary of sobriety, right? And uh Congratulations
1: man, that's a big deal.
0: It is a big deal. the only I, I the only uh I did. I have had a drink over the year. I did have a, a drink on my birthday because it felt wrong not celebrating. It felt <laughs> wrong celebrating a birthday without Mister Jameson in the picture. But uh, I was with I was with my friend and we had just had the one drink and I was like, okay, that's it. That's all I need to do. And uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a long year. But I realized like a lot of the struggle that I was having with alcohol was self medicating because like I I'm. I, I believe, again, I believe I have social anxiety of some aspect or some sort and like, so it got to a point where I was, I needed alcohol to function in social settings, like like that, and it was just and it just, I never thought, like, it, it was a conscious decision to be like, okay I need this alcohol to do this, it kind of just happened that way, and yeah. it was, it took some reprogramming uh, to say uh, for lack of a better word, it's like Cause you have to learn Like you just fall into these traps, man. You fall into these like these bad habits, and you're just like, why? You just kind of condition yourself to be like, oh, if fun, like fun needs alcohol. Like it's like it's just it's so, and it's 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 instead of addressing the real issue. Of my own mental psychological issues, I was coping and self medicating, and I'm just I'm so glad that I'm fucking well. I'm not done with it; it's still a struggle every day, but it's also like so much better. It's like the best decision in my very short life. That one of the best decisions in my short life I've ever made, dude. Great, man. Yeah,
1: congratulations on that. That's not easy to do, and you know I think people who really take the commitment to to step away from that kind of stuff, if it's affecting their life, (sighs) and. in certain ways that's that should be commended um, yeah it's nobody wakes up in the morning and decides hey I'm gonna be an alcoholic you know I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna drink my problems away it, it kind of happens subtly and under the radar as, as you were describing yeah um, yeah self medication is all over the place and like you said addressing the issues as to why you're using is better than just being like hey man you need to put down the alcohol yeah can you know, it's like, why are you using? Yeah, <laughs> that's the question people need to be asked.
0: Yeah, it got to a point where I was literally like, I don't know how to have fun without this, and I'm like, that's a problem. That's definitely a problem. And like, yeah. it was. Uh, and luckily, I don't consider myself um, an alcoholic because I don't. There's no addiction. I'm not addicted to it. But I was. Right. I, I tell people I was abusing it. I was. I'm an abuser. Mm-hmm. Like I would drink to excess and just. Uh, it almost too many times almost like cost me my ass but luckily got out of that game before it did so but yeah, yeah. man it, it's just I just I, I think about mental health a lot because from what I studied in, gra- in, in undergrad and just what have I experienced in life it's just like guys we need to we just need to have a conversation about this and no one it's and no one wants to talk like it's like it's a conversation that needs to be had but nobody really wants to talk about it because it opens up some vulnerable spots for people and it exposes right, yeah. some like things that people aren't comfortable with talking about, man. And luckily there are people like you, they can talk to you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, I think that that's one of the biggest functions of, uh, of, of doing what I do is really just being there for somebody to bounce their thoughts off of in a non judgmental and empathic environment, yeah. you know, because out in the world, they don't really get that or they don't think they're going to get that. Yeah. Um, and you know, conversation, like you said, is so important. Talking about these things and reaching out to your support,
0: and knowing yeah. who's
1: there for you and who's gonna, you know, have a shoulder for you to put your head on. You
0: yeah, know, I, uh, I've your- had people like talk to me about this stuff, and I'm like, I, I can't speak for everyone, but uh, I've never been on any medication for that kind of for these issues. But I, I tell people, it's like, look, man, I've been off and on, especially when I was a kid and then through high school. Off and on with uh, a social worker, like he was a counselor and stuff like that, and it was the, it was like one of the best things ever. And it was just like it just helped me because like I didn't. You can't objectively diagnose yourself. Like you can, you are literally yeah, right. incapable of doing that. So you like it's just it's so nice to hear. Like it's just such a relief to hear someone who understands and like tries yeah. to tries to like like compartmentalize it and like. Put it in a way that you can digest and realize, okay, this is what I need to work on, this directly. It's just – I highly recommend I think everybody – well, not everybody. Fuck, the lucky sons of guns out there who don't need therapy, man, keep on doing you. But like the rest of us, like if you need therapy, I know it's not the most affordable or the accessible thing for everyone. But if you feel you need therapy, please get therapy, dude. It is such it, – it's helped me so much in my life.
1: Yeah, I think it can help a lot of people. I think it can help uh, everybody, really. Yeah. Um, I, I know it helped me when I was when I was younger. So, yeah, I, I had a similar experiences, you know, speaking with a counselor and things like that when I was a kid, going through stuff and you know, as a young young kid in the, yeah. Yeah, before high school, and it was really helpful for me as well.
0: Yeah, you man, know. it was. Uh... I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, it's. I'm like I said. I, I know I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass because I'm sure people do that on the regular, at <laughs> <laughs> But like, I'm just. I'm just proud. I'm just happy that like not only just therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists, but all doctors are out there, man. Like I know y'all. I know there's this common miscon. There's this. There's a generalization that doctors are like high paid. Like you know, don't give a fuck, and they're just doing it, and they're like, oh well, they're just doctors and shit like that. But like it. It does take a toll on y'all like it's like it's your yeah, i mean but, y'all could easily be doing something else <laughs> probably yeah. doing something for more money and less stress
1: <laughs> yeah less less years in the, in the system yeah <laughs> yeah it's um yeah it's uh it's stressful work for sure
0: but uh but it sounds like it's rewarding work uh it is no doubt
1: no but, doubt and you know there are people who come in and don't get any better and you know sometimes that's a function of then of not wanting to you know get the help and that's super frustrating and hard to deal with and unfortunately very common but every now and then you get somebody who you really get a chance to help them turn around or see themselves or see their situation in a different light and give them you know a little a path you know open the door or at least unlock it you
0: know? I think that's a that's a great sentiment. Um, if you're comfortable, you want to move on to DJ Cashman. What's going on with that, man?
1: Yeah, man. The my my the other side of myself. Yeah,
0: like I, I remember in high school, you know? introduced me. Like I think one of the things we bonded over, and when we were in school yeah. together, because we were in homeroom together, was our shared love for Daft Punk, dude. Yes. I'm, yes, man. I'm kind of disappointed. 2017 came and went without an, another live another tour. Live.
2: Yeah, that's a bummer. Huh? You,
0: the rule of three, people. You you do what you do a ninety seven, you do an oh seven. How are you gonna not do like seventeen? Come on. 17, right? How are you gonna skip that? <sighs> so you so you so you are a big Daff fan, and you are a big and you are you do DJ like in in your private and like public life as well, right?
1: Yeah. So in um, I started DJing. I got my first like equipment in high school. Actually, yeah. Um. Got some decks as like a graduation present. Nice, um, from my dad. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> um, and then in college, um, I started DJing some of the like fraternity parties and stuff around um, my my college. Nice. And kind of parallel to all that, I was making beats on my computer with you know some software mm-hmm. I pirated at home. <laughs> uh as a as a young teenager
0: i hope the statue um, of limitations are up on that by the way
1: yeah they should be um oops
0: uh, <laughs> yeah
1: so um
0: allegedly he allegedly pirated allegedly,
1: yeah i allegedly pirated some software anyway anyway <laughs> um yeah so i i DJ'd through college um and a little bit afterwards, unfortunately, my DJ decks and my mixer got stolen.
0: Fuck! What?
1: Um, yeah. I have no idea from who. Uh, it was somebody on that college campus stole my, my DJ shit. Uh, it was probably like 1200 bucks worth of equipment. Goddamn, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, and I never kind of recovered from that DJ-wise, so I, I really turned to producing and yeah. making beats and stuff um uh at home and most recently my girlfriend actually bought me this thing that's called an ableton push um and it's the the kind of software and hardware that i've been using to make music at home so Mm. that's what i've been doing lately making beats um at my place sitting on the couch
0: that's awesome man uh so what do you if you can if you're comfortable articulating this man, what what do you what does it do for you? What do you what do you get out of it? And like who are some of the people that inspired you and like so what who or and a last question to this multiple multiple pronged question is like, so what's some music you're listening to, like popular music you would recommend to like a fan who's like, Oh, I, this sounds like interesting to me. What would what would you recommend to them? So that's what, I know that's gotcha. three questions, but go ahead. <laughs> So uh,
1: I guess we'll start with the like the, the last one. Just, like, who would I recommend yeah. these days? Two guys who I've really spent a lot of time listening to lately. One is Tom Mish. Yes, who is,
0: is, uh, fabulous movie. Um, I was just talking about oh, movie. I was just talking about movie yesterday with one of my friends because I was like, it came yeah. on my came on my music I was like, "Fuck, this is a great song, man." It's really good, really damn good. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, so all of his stuff is really
1: great. I like, I think he and I probably have a lot of similar influences in a weird way. Okay. Uh, so like, he's got this smooth jazz guitar stuff going on yeah. over like this kind of J Dilla uh, East Coast hip hop beats kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, Jay Dilla, Detroit, I think. But you know, whatever. You get the point. Yeah. Uh, And another guy who I've been really impressed with is, um, which one of these two guys? Okay, I'm going to say FKJ. Fresh Kiwi Juice, I think is what FKJ is short for. Okay. Um, And he's actually another French guy um, who does this very elaborate arrangement of live electronic music by himself, but will also play bass, guitar, saxophone, keys over all that stuff that's going on. It's Fuck. really
0: cool. That does sound really cool. awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good shit.
0: Yeah, I so, like, what, what do you, husband. what What does it do for you as a personal level? I mean, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it, it, it plays to that creative yeah. side of me, but not the very, like, intensely academic or intellectual side of of mm-hmm. My creativity, I guess, I really enjoy just kind of zoning out and playing with some beats and making some shit that sounds cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that, you know, that's joy in and of itself to me. Um, and you know, very soon, I'm hoping that I can maybe make some other people happy with some music too.
0: So. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's awesome. I I I understand uh, much less uh, cooler, but this this show has been that for me. It's like I I. Yeah. I, I dabbled in writing. I, I I've dabbled in sort of you know fiction fiction writing and screenwriting and stuff like that when I was younger. And uh, but this is this is a different aspect of that. Like I like I can still do output and like get my voice out there and get my opinions out there and my feelings, but in a more direct like not as. Fluffy language, like like yeah. a uh, metaphorical way. I can just be direct, and I I love the accessibility of this. And I guess that's the same kind of feel you get from doing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, I think there's a very just innate drive for humans in general to be creative and to make things. I think that's a very integral part of what being a human is, and yeah. I think everybody has some or should have some kind of uh, outlet
0: to channel that absolutely i uh i i remember i remember listening to some of your stuff you've you, i know you've posted a little bit and i know i distinctly remember you sharing me sharing with me some stuff and i gotta recommend i know you're my friend and i know i'm sounding biased but i generally dug it man it was uh cool man Thanks. i can't remember Thanks. i can't i can't remember the song you gave me god i can't remember it was so long ago but i remember you gave me one of your stuff i was like oh yeah man this is pretty dope man i hope he does something with this this is pretty yeah, awesome yeah yeah
1: yeah, so I'm actually. I'm hoping within the next maybe month, two months that the uh, this little, I guess, kind of album EP I've been working on is going to be done. So what? What? Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be coming out.
0: So you know, uh, in the next month or two. do you have anything out there, like on a SoundCloud or anything like that? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, I have.
1: So I have an old SoundCloud. I think I'm going to be releasing this new stuff on a different one. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna, um, I guess I'll have to follow up with you, give you that new, uh, SoundCloud details once, once it comes out.
0: So. Yeah, man, we can have you back on next year. and We can talk more music and, like, what do we think about, awesome. like, the game right now, I guess, of music and shit and just, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a big conversation right there. That is a huge conversation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, I think I three questions in there but i can't remember the other one so we'll just move on to the real questions yeah no, it's like cool I said,
1: short, short memory span i'm not gonna
0: be able to remember what it was so. oh fuck it there's no structure <laughs> on this show we just kind of bullshit uh that's good i'm into that yeah into it's that. uh it's like jazz like that man fuck it just do it uh <laughs> but yeah man i i really appreciate all the insights and you know stuff you shared with us on here man i really do appreciate you being a guest uh but yeah, you're ready to get into this questionnaire that I the last the last questionnaire of volume three, yeah. guys. We're gonna have uh new questions for volume four. Uh I have not written them yet. I think I only have one in mind so far, and I I try to do about ten, you know. Uh but yeah, you this
1: is l- me the one from the new season is kinda like a teaser,
0: uh, Alright, I'll ask. I'll ask the one question. I'll ask the one question I know. Well, here's the thing. This one question uh, was going to be on this one, but uh, I got some feedback from a friend who was like, Ooh, I don't know about that question. I still really like it, but I don't know if it... We'll we'll, we'll fucking go with it, though. But I'll ask you the first ten, and then we can ask that one, and then we'll get you out of here, man. I appreciate you taking like an hour out of your day.
1: Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been yeah. fun so far. So. Okay. See what these questions
0: are okay. What's a skill or craft that you want to learn one day?
1: Um, I want to actually be good at, like, piano. Nice. Um, I can kind of bullshit my way around a keyboard right now, but I think something I want to learn before I die is how to really play piano and and know how to get around that instrument well.
0: You, uh, you you talked about having, you know, making beats. Do you know how to play the drums?
1: Um, so... Yeah, kind of. So I, I've played drums in, in bands before. I'm not, like, uh, very particularly great at it. I yeah. can get by. I, I can play songs. And a lot of what I do on my computer is, like, finger drumming. Yeah, so, yeah, So yeah. um, using, like, pads on a MIDI controller, for example, something Word. that's making sounds through the computer, uh, but not a, a classical drummer by any means.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, I've always – I wish I was – I'm the least musically talented person, uh, casually, guy like – I love music, yeah. dude. I love music. If I'm not listening to. Like, there are people who go about their day, like, you know, driving, cooking, cleaning, whatever, who don't even do. Who don't even listen to music. And I'm like, that is such a boring existence, in my opinion. I'm like, if you're not. Yeah, that's if you can that's be listening rough. to music, why are you not listening to music?
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: But I'm, I'm terrible at it. I really wish I could have. Really wish I mean it's not too late, but like really wish I would have invested in like, you know, a piano or a violin or drums or something like that, but maybe one day. Who knows, man? Yeah, man, it can still happen. It's never too late. Never too, too late. late. Okay. Uh what's your favorite T V show? Either, you know, that was that's off the air or still on the air. What's what what do you got? What and it doesn't just oh, have to be one, it can be several. Okay,
1: so the one I've been I've been watching the most lately is True Detective nice. I think that one's a really great show the new season Yeah, I I watched the first episode of season 2 and I was like I'm out
0: Let's yeah I heard you. it was I heard that was terrible
1: yeah I, d- I didn't even bother after the first episode it was just like uh, I don't care you haven't gotten me invested in this story at all and you know the first season is one of my favorite works of television ever it was just so well
0: do don't, uh, don't hate me but I've never watched an episode of either man
1: well (laughs) homework for you is to like definitely go watch that show because it's amazing
0: that's what I hear Um, that's what I hear
1: other show that's my favorite I guess on the more comedy side of things is always Sunny that's up there one of my favorite TV shows of all time also um yeah so those are those are my two favorite TV shows Sunny has just got that like irreverent
0: uh where that I I love so much
1: No, no fucks given kind of attitude about TV
0: yeah definitely um I've tried to watch Always Sunny, and I've watched a few episodes, and I've laughed. It just isn't, like, something I was, like, compelled to get back to. But I, I, I the episodes yeah. I have watched, I'm like, oh, this is funny. I'm just – it's not really my vibe, but I, I – I, I, hey, man, all you, brother. Yeah,
1: it's not that show where you, like, sit down and watch a whole season in, like, a day or two or whatever. It's just yeah. like, uh, you know what? I want something on TV right now. I am going to pop on some funny, and it's, but it's always funny, like you
0: said. I feel you. It's uh, always funny. Okay, I guess this is kind of related to that, but uh, what's something, you know, a joke, a movie, a video, or like a meme online that makes you laugh like every time? Oh, man.
1: Any of the like anti vax, oh, uh, essential oil memes really,
0: keep really going. This all is really so good. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, I love that it's making fun of like child death, but like. Making a point about <laughs> child death, like you yeah, dumbasses. It's, like, it's, it's meaningful. It's
1: not like uh, it's not just yeah. a joke about a dead
0: baby. Yeah, or, it's or not no celebrating reason. death. It's like making fun of these stupid as fuck parents. Yeah, it's, <sighs> ugh, that's man, don't get me started on that. Oh yeah, man. Okay, uh, that's great. I I I definitely, I definitely love it. But one one thing that that gets me every time, dude. This is a meme that's not going away anytime soon for me. Is the uh, the West Coast Choppers memes, where they're like yelling at each other, you know, like the old man yelling at his son, and they're like throwing a chair, and it's like, uh, oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, those are those are good. Dog, oh, they
0: made yeah. me laugh every goddamn time. They're so yeah. great.
1: Whoever came up with that is really good to have like cut all those individual shots to yeah. make it like look like the conversation. Yeah. So, yeah what really uh? Good.
0: Let me ask you this: as a philosophical question, right now, if you okay. created like the next big meme, but you obviously nobody's getting, like, authorial credit on these things. Like, it just gets bounced around and shit like that. Would you want to create like that, even though you know for the rest of your life, like, no one's going to know, hey, you're the dude who created that funny-ass meme that was popular for, like, six months?
1: I guess if you're making memes, you're not really in the business of making a meme to get recognition for it,
0: I I guess.
1: And you're just kind of, like, making this thing that's going to hopefully catch fire and spread, and you'll just, you know, you'll have that satisfaction that you made that meme.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me me hit you with a follow-up. What if you were the meme? Like, what if the internet took something from your life and made you into a meme? I I kind of would be devastated, but, I mean, I don't speak for everyone. (laughs) I guess it depends what the meme is, right? Yeah.
1: Like, if if it's like, that guy's a badass meme. (laughs) Yeah. Bad things always happen to that person.
0: Yeah. Uh, See, I don't (laughs) even... If it was that... Yeah.
1: If it was the latter, I would definitely be... uh, I would definitely be a little bummed
0: out about it. See, I don't even think it would be, even if it was like a, a cool meme or like a hilarious meme. I, I, I really uh, never want my face like out there for like public consumption, like Uh -uh. on a mass level. So that would be like the end. Like if my anonymity ever like ceased to be, I think I would be in, I would be depressed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I can feel that. But anyway, let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Uh, who yeah. was your first crush? You know, either like a, a girl you knew oh, in person Kelly or like Rowland. a celeb, a celeb. It was Kelly Rowland. It was Kelly. Kelly Rowland. Wait, Kelly Rowland me. was my first crush. So Kelly Rowland is like
1: uh, the number 2 maybe in uh Destiny's Child.
0: Yeah, Michelle Williams is definitely the third leg on that one, but like
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that was my first Kelly crush. Kelly Ro- uh, Rowland. Wait.
0: You had Beyoncé right there, but you were like I know. Kelly, I Rowland. Kelly Rowland. I
1: don't know why. No clue. <laughs> That's just how it was when I was, like, you know, I guess 10 or however
0: old I was then. <laughs> Dude, that's so awesome. Like, I've never, I don't think Kelly Rowland's ever been told that. I hope she's listening. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> if
1: Kelly Rowland's listening to your podcast, John, you're doing something right. Oh, that would
0: be awesome. Uh, but that's so random, man. Uh, in, a way, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way.
1: Yeah, and you know you like how like fast I answered that just because I knew I was like, oh yeah,
0: that's who it was. It was so that funny. 5%. It reminded me I had Joe Lussick on here. I've had him on several times, but uh, yeah. when I asked him this question, I didn't. Even, again, I didn't even get the question out. He goes, Scarlett Johansson. He was like, oh, yeah, he's like, dude. that's it. That's it. That's a good one, though. <laughs> that's I, another good one. And we, uh, and we, I saw him over the holidays. I think I saw him during Thanksgiving, and we yeah. continued on that conversation. And he just was like, I think he could have given like a, a doctoral thesis PowerPoint on why Scarlett Johansson's like the sexiest woman alive. I was like, hey man, I don't disagree. I just like she's not she's not in the she's not in my like top five, but like I mean I, I can't I can't deny she's a baddie, man.
1: Right? Yeah, but, for sure. That she definitely is. That she definitely is. Okay.
0: Uh, what's your favorite dessert? Uh, okay, I'm gonna go a little bougie with this one.
1: Oh. I want to go. It's not really bougie, really, I guess, but it's <laughs> not specific. I want to go to Picado's. Okay. I want to get a uh, double scoop of chocolate gelato Ooh. and a comb. Ooh. I want a pastry. I want probably either some cannolis or an eclair. Ooh. And I want some espresso or a cafe au lait to go with all that.
0: That sounds like a fucking paradise right there, man.
1: Yeah. And if I get the espresso, I want a little slice of lemon so I can run it around the rim before I sip on it.
0: Because oh my god! I'm a fancy ass bitch. <laughs> I think you painted a very uh, a very vivid uh, picture for people listening. I don't think anyone's like, "Huh, I wonder what he means by that."
1: Yeah, no, I'm specific. I know exactly what I want. You're taking me out for dessert. <laughs> We're going to Carrollton, we're going to
0: Dorado, and I'm getting all that shit. That sounds awesome. I've never had lemon with my espresso. I usually just do a little bit of sugar, but I'll have to try that next yeah. time, man. Yeah, it's a nice touch.
2: It's
0: a nice touch. Uh, I, mine is still crème brûlée. I don't. It does it. It's non-specific location. I don't. I don't give a fuck. I will. I'm not even supposed to eat crème brûlée. Uh, because of dietary oh. restrictions. But I will fucking eat some crème brûlée if there's someone in front of me. Hell, yeah, come heaven sense. or hell, right?
1: Yep. Crunchy,
0: soft. Oh, it's so good. It's, sometimes goodness oh, it's, so good. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, But also during the holidays, it's pumpkin pie as well. That's my other, like, I I, uh, I love pumpkin pie so much.
1: I can't fuck with pumpkin pie. I can't
0: do it. I don't oh. know why. I,
1: I, I can't eat pumpkin, really.
0: It's so good, though.
1: Yeah, I just can't. I, I don't dig it, man.
0: Oh, and also, it. of course, during Mardi Gras, after King's Day, uh, after 12th night, I'm all about some king cake. I love me some oh, king cake. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. Uh, If you could trade places with a famous and or powerful person alive today for like a week, you know, a day, a week, a month, who would it be?
1: Jeff Bezos after he got divorced.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, whoa. Okay, wait a minute. Let's unpack that for a second. First off. Like after this recent after this divorce that he's gonna probably go through and have to cough up like sixty billion dollars like that 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 divorce.
1: Yeah, yeah. What is it when you still got another sixty billion? You straight.
0: Yeah, dude. Like they were talking about how she's gonna become like the richest wo- single woman on the planet after this divorce. I'm like, if, if I was a gal, I'd want to be her. <laughs> Even wait a minute, but then again, after all that's been going on, like, dude, the National Enquirer was about to drop your dick pic for everybody. Like, is that something yeah, so you want to go through? Yeah, I
1: heard a little bit about this. Like, isn't he about to like totally fuck them? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so like, you know, that's cool. I would love to be the guy who gets to shut down the National Enquirer.
0: I just, I don't know where they're coming from. Why are you trying to fuck with the richest dude on the planet? Like, because oh, I think they, cause they, think they
1: can. I'm because <laughs> they, they they think they have that much like sway, that much power.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, dog, he's the richest person on the planet. Yep. He could uh, he could hire an army, a literal army, like of lawyers to destroy you. Yep. Why would you fuck? Like, look, man, I, I I believe in speaking truth to power, journalistically speaking. But come on, this is the National Enquirer. Like, you yeah. are a bug. You were fucking with Amazon. Amazon will fuck you up, dude. Like, why would you? you... Like, there's just some people you don't fuck with, man. Like, unless they're, like, killing people and you've got to put them in jail. But, like, personal shit, like, there's a relationship and his mistress. Dog, the, nah, pass. Pass on that one, man. You don't want yeah. them problems. Yeah,
1: that's a hard no. But, yeah, exactly. That's why I want to beat him. He's somebody you don't want to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> <that>? I,
0: I, <laughs> I, I am. I, people want to fuck with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand, let me ask you this. Uh I don't think I could be comfortable living as a billionaire. Like
1: Yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, fuck. I don't know. I say it would be tough. It,
0: it would just that... like psychologically warp me so much. And I think it does yeah, warp that's... people that wealthy. Like it's just I'd I'd lose touch. I yeah. would I would not be grounded anymore.
1: It it definitely does something to you. It definitely would change you. Like, you just have to like weather that change.
0: Yeah, dude, it's so scary that like, I, I mean, I I grew up in the burbs, man. I mean, my mom, we're glorified middle, like we're 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 middle class, like that's all I've ever been, that that's probably all I'll ever be. But like, I just couldn't imagine like being too famous or rich to like go shop at like I know this is bad, but like fucking go shop at a Walmart. Like I would just be like. Like, I don't... Like, if I was rich, trust me, I would be... I would find better alternatives, but, like, I just couldn't imagine, like, not feeling comfortable amongst common people, you know? That's just... uh, That's so weird. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't have, like... You can't blend in anymore. Yeah, it's... Well, I don't know. Like, I, I bet a lot of people don't, like... They know who Jeff Bezos is, but they yeah. don't really know what he looks like. But there are enough people out there who knows what he looks like that it would be a problem.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just the uh, fact that like I've wondered about this. Like every new person, like say you became a billionaire overnight, Cashman. Like every new person you met after that, you would have to wonder, or if not worry, if they're just getting to know you or connecting with you because you're rich. Like that would that that would just. See, I worry about this shit. Like, I overanalyze shit, so I'm like, I would just be, that would be cause me so much anxiety, like, thinking about, does this person genuinely care about me if I was worth, like, ten grand or, like, had no money to my name or some shit like that? That would that would yeah. fuck me up, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and then, to the next level, like, who's trying to mess you over? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who's trying to get that money?
0: Yeah, to exactly. Money? So, like,
1: yeah, there are some uh, some considerations to be had.
0: But anyway... Okay, let's move on to a funnier question. Uh, would you rather <laughs> drive in a NASCAR race or a monster truck rally? Ooh,
1: monster truck rally.
0: Interesting. It's very interesting. Like, I've asked this – obviously, I've asked this question several times to different people. And it's very interesting how people are like, oh, yeah, monster truck rally. Oh, no, NASCAR. I'm like, huh. I, I'm kind of split in the middle. Like, I, I that's really? why I asked that because I'm like, both sound awesome. Uh, but I think I would lean towards NASCAR because – like that, that I don't know. That just seems it just a race sounds better than a rally. I guess if that makes any sense.
1: I get all right. So, so are we t- are we talking about you take me, Alex Cashman, and stick me in a NASCAR car and like I'm racing, you know, <laughs> Dale <Earnhardt> Jr. <laughs> or and no. do I get some like training?
0: No, I would, I would imagine or am this I just type better. person.
1: Am I Alex Cashman Daytona 500 winner?
0: I would imagine uh, you are not obviously not you're obviously not qualified right now to drive 200 miles per hour that fast for that long, but like uh, I would imagine you would have some experience in both in both fields. So like I don't know, like uh, see, I yeah, I, I would I would imagine a NASCAR race would be more fun. But again, a monster truck rally sounds just as fun, dude. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I feel like if, if I got in a NASCAR race, the pressure would be on to win, and I, and I, Alex Cashman, would definitely not win a NASCAR race, <laughs> but if you stuck Alex Cashman in a monster truck and told him to go run over some shit <laughs> or go hit a jump in Gravedigger, yeah, it's going down, that and would I'm going to be- have a good time anyway. <laughs>
0: Even if I lose <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point man That's a great point I'm gonna miss this question I've gotten some Very interesting responses From this question
1: That's
0: a good one Yeah maybe Maybe keep it going No man I I try to keep it fresh Like I gotta keep The show fresh Cause again I yeah. don't I, I do bring on New people like yourself But I kinda stick To the same uh, Repertoire of guests So I like to Keep it fresh that way But uh, that is That question will be missed Okay last question Of the old questions Then I'll ask you The, the one new question That I have so far uh, okay. okay so what's some good advice you wish you would have had in the past or like you know if you could go back in time and tell young Alex or you know or a kid this day like a, a a young man this day like what would you tell him
1: a young man this day I would say you know I, I would tell that person it's never too late or you know it's never hopeless there's always some kind of
2: light at the end yeah you know or,
1: or some way for your situation for you to get better mm-hmm. than where you are today and it doesn't have to get worse and it doesn't have to stay this way yeah. um you know i i wish i had gotten that lesson when i was younger you know man i almost fucking failed out of franklin my, my freshman year yikes um and i felt like you know like I wasn't going to be able to compete in any kind of way and felt kind of hopeless about my future and where it was going to be. And, you know, eventually got the message that things could turn around
2: and they did. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I made, I made it to where I am today. You know, thank God. And it, it can happen for anybody.
0: Yeah, man. It's a lot of pressure. Like that school is an amazing institution. I, I never wanted to go away, but I understand, like I didn't go there my freshman year, but I understand, uh, the pressure that it puts on a very young person at like 13 or 14 so i i get it man i totally get that
2: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. but yeah it gets better it does get better uh i i'm a big proponent of hey man if you don't want to be here i can't really stop you but i would urge you to reconsider that like things can get better no matter what it it may not be the best but it can get better Uh, so the one question I had uh, that was going to make it on this list but I, I, I removed it and going to save it for next year is – it's a very simple question. I was like, what did you want to be as a kid uh, when you were growing up? What's like the first thing you're like, I want to be an adult and I want to do this? Like what oh, would that be? A, that's a great question. I don't know why somebody would have told you to not have that question. Eh. Um.
2: For me, I think the first thing I ever really wanted to be was like a marine biologist. Okay.
1: <laughs> I like fish. I like going yeah. to the aquarium. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to hang out with fish. So, yeah. marine biology, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, for real, man. <laughs>
1: Turns out marine biology is way more complicated than hanging out with fish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be because I remember seeing Independence Day like, as a small child and loving that movie, I wanted to be a fighter pilot so bad. And then you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Hell yeah. That was, like, the first big thing I remember being as a kid. I was like, I want to fly a jet and fight monsters in the sky. It's like, oh, no. No, no, no. It's not that easy. I
1: think think that's what happens with, like, every childhood dream (laughs) or, like, childhood career aspiration. It's like, oh, I really want to do that. I can't wait. And then you actually look at what you would have to do to do that and you're like oh fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel you man okay guys that's gonna do it for me and alex today that's gonna do it for this volume three it's been a long fun ride we got a lot of great conversations including this one we just had with alex uh thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody for supporting commenting liking all that all that stuff uh it's been fun and I look forward to it's a lot of work. It's more work than I probably am willing to admit, but it's so much fun doing this and getting to chat with people I haven't chat with in years like Alex. Uh and look forward to volume four, man. It's coming it should be around um Avengers Endgame comes out at the end of April. And that's gonna be the first episode back. Me and my buddy Justin are gonna talk oh, about that's that. That's good. And then good. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a whole new slate. We're gonna I'm gonna try and invest in the pod the show uh these next two months. More on that to come. But yeah, cool. I'm really hoping Volume 4 is a big growth year for the for the show. Um, yeah. And thank you again, Alex, man. I really do appreciate it, dude. Anything well, you want to say? Anything having... you want to share with the people? Um,
1: you know, um, man, uh, I, I'll have an album maybe coming out in the next month or two under a name that I don't know what it's going to be yet, so that's completely useless information, <laughs> other than just say it. Um, everybody, you know, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of your community, Yeah. Um, be good people, party on, dudes.
0: Yeah, and we'll be uh, celebrating next year, this time, Saints, 2019 Saints. Super Bowl champions, just you that's wait. Right. <laughs>
1: Motherfucking 100th anniversary NFL champions
0: the revenge tour starts now motherfuckers oh,
1: man. i can't wait we're gonna rip heads off
0: <laughs> or not who knows we'll see <laughs> i'm gonna go with we're gonna rip heads off <laughs> i hope so man from your lips to god's ears all right everybody that's gonna do it for me man alex i will catch you on the interwebs another day yes, uh and absolutely. good luck and good luck in your uh your interning and all that shit Thanks,
1: John. Thanks for having me on. Um, always good to hear from you,
0: man. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and enjoy the next two months. All right, man. I'll catch you later. See
1: you around. All right, bye. Bye.